Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Hi guys, welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I'm super excited to be here today. We have podcast family in the house. This message, uh, our podcast and conversation and connection, I think was a long time coming, probably before we even knew it. But I am welcoming the Bethany Hawkins to the TNT mic. She is the CEO and founder of Crackers in Soup. She says, being a black woman who is has been in the corporate world for over 18 years knows what it's like to not be heard. So she decided to create a company that ensures all historically underrepresented voices are heard. Since its inception, Crackers in Soup has worked with over 80 podcasts from creating cover art to helping women create their podcast vision through launches, podcast management consultation and more she has worked on podcasts that are award nominated won awards including her own uh has worked with podcasts that have over three million listeners and one of her podcasts was even featured in a princeton course bethany welcome to tnt thank you so much for having me Kristen. Oh, 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 let's go let's do this <laughs> yes yes we have like almost coast to coast energy right now we have minnesota in the house and i'm coming from colorado uh we did the cliche how's the weather because it does you know we're we're over 40 so we care about those things um <laughs> it's our, it's our real knees and our muscles can't handle when it rains <laughs> yeah yeah i'm like all right where's the advil we're, we're extra turmeric obviously um but bethany okay so on tnt you know we talk about i'm always excited about the business the vision but i always care about the human behind whatever's going on first and i love how like you know our young people you tell you know young bethany how some of the things happen we're young kind of like really do shape us for our adult trajectory we don't notice till later so give us some insight on young bethany ah oh, well hmm i came out of the womb and <laughs> <laughs> very day one very day one um so when i was younger it's really funny i didn't speak until i was about four oh. so it's ironic that now sweet my- irony the irony of it all that my now my entire life is regarding speaking or helping women find their voices. So I think it is very full circle. Um, but it's not that I didn't speak because I, I couldn't, it was just, I didn't have anything to say. I am very much an observer. As much as I am chatty, I very much observe my environment before I share. And that has taken me so many different places. As soon as I get comfortable, you can't shut me up. <laughs> I love and it. that led me to acquiring a whole bunch of different types of groups of friends in high school. And then I went to college and I knew that I wanted to find some way to help in this world. And for me, I thought that that was in the criminal justice field. So I got my degree in criminal justice. I got my certification in paralegalism. I started working at the district attorney's office. I then went to a defense attorney and then I went back to the district attorney's office. And then about three years prior to me leaving, I was like, this is just not in my calling anymore. I had paid off my student loans. So I was like, check, check, check. The degree paid for itself. Yeah in this industry and i was just 
burnt out in every way that you could be burnt out. And I was introduced into podcasts. One of my coworkers and friends came in into my cubicle one day and she was like, hey, have you heard LeVar Burton Reads? And I was like, I don't know what that is, but she knew that I was obsessed with LeVar Burton. I can consider him my uncle and he just has missed all of my birthdays. <laughs> so she was like, give me your phone. So she hooked me up in this podcast app and I started listening to that podcast. I learned what podcasts were. And then I started listening to podcasts with women who looked like me, who were sharing their journey. And then it instantly clicked with me that I knew I wanted to be in this industry and help women who looked like me, hear women who looked like us, talk about their experiences and how they got from A to Z to give them some sort of encouragement that it is possible and they can do it. So that's what I did in 2019. I submitted my resignation to my district attorney, boss lady, and I said, I'm leaving. And she got very upset and was like, what if I give you no more, more, more money? And I was like, mm, thank you, but no, Yeah. this is, this is where my journey is going to start. And so I did. I, I love that. Well, so a couple of things I'm curious about. Number one, what initially drew you to the legal field? Like what, why were you passionate about criminal justice? And like, as a young human, why did that kind of pull at your heartstrings? Oh, Kristen, <laughs> I, I had, um, this boy that I liked. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and he, he had some complications with the law. Okay. <laughs> Universe sets us up for the path, whatever, however it does it. Yes, it did. And I couldn't understand. He, he had a really hard background and I couldn't understand how he was performing all of these things that he was doing illegally and getting caught because he wasn't very good at it because yeah. he was getting caught consistently <laughs> and how he wasn't learning yeah. from the experience. And I, and I couldn't wrap my mind around how he kept replaying these experiences, even though they were so negative over and over and over again. And why at such a young age, because we were only like 16, 17 years old, why at such a young age, the criminal justice system wasn't helping him so that he halted and reset this path. Mm -hmm. So it was more, I wanted to get into the heads of the people who were going through the criminal justice experience, as well as people who were in charge of recidivism and the psychology of criminal justice that I was more interested in. Okay. And when you just go down that rabbit hole, it's, it's fascinating. The history of correctional facilities is fascinating, but when you're working in the depth of it, it's a really, really hard occupation from first responders all the way through the, the attorneys, both the defense attorney, as well as the district attorneys. Yeah, it's a really, really hard occupation. Were you pretty conscious? Because we've had a bunch of first responders and just being a longtime CrossFitter, a lot of my um, people I train with are, you know, police, uh, firefighters in legal. And I actually just competed with someone um, that's a prosecutor this weekend. And I'm like, God, how do you see the ills of the world on the daily and the flaws in the system? And it kind of, you know, the reality is it's it's a hard world out there. But being in it day after day after day and knowing you do only 
control so much. You can show up and be optimistic, but man, it's, it's a grind. How did you, were you really good about your own mental health and, and take care of yourself? Oh no, not at all. Yeah. Not in any way, shape or form. That's why I was like, I need to get the hell out of this office. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because at that point I had been in the criminal justice system for 18 and a half years. Wow. Okay. So for almost two decades, I had literally seen the worst of the worst that people do to each other. Yeah. And when I was at the DA's office, we handled everything except for murder. The attorney general's office handled murder, but we handled attempted murder all the way to felonious habitual offender status, which is like motor vehicle violations Mm -hmm. and everything in between. So if whatever you see on the news that's ghastly, we handle that. Arsons, essays, all of children, all of the above. Mm -hmm. And for a long period of time, for years, in fact, I was the person who did the intake. So I processed every single one of those case files that came in and I I threw, put them through the database. I had evidence that I had to clock in and document what evidence came in. So there are things that I saw that still stay with me. And to this day, my poor daughter (laughs) has had the effect of this because I won't allow her to do particular things with people that I don't know extremely well. Okay. So it's in my husband, he was an EMT and he used to work in juvenile centers. He's, he's now a post office worker, but he too has the ideology of we must protect yeah. our child at all costs. And she doesn't understand why we are so particular in who she engages with and whose house. If she's going over somebody's house for the first time, I ask, them who's going to be home do you have additional children where is your significant other like i am so conscious and cautious Mm -hmm. with my loved ones because i know what people can do yeah when people aren't watching that's 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 gotta be hard do you tell these other people like you're back in your experience so they understand why you have these like really intentional concerns I don't, and I feel like this. If they're going to get really upset that I'm in, having these inquiries, she doesn't belong over there. Yeah, yeah. Are people usually pretty good about it? Are they understanding? People have been phenomenal. In fact, okay. I I have been really good in calling in people who are just as particular. And when somebody asks me these questions, yeah. do you own any firearms? If so, where are they located? I am joyous. I'm like, okay. let me tell you. <laughs> Don't come ask me twice. <laughs> yeah. I can see having like a, a link to like a G doc, like just answer these 22 questions and then sign here and then she'll come over. That's what I should do. I should do a jot form. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's carried out, but it has served me really well thus far because mm-hmm. I, I also explained to my daughter, you know, if there is ever a time when you are staying someplace, it could be at my mother's house or at my father's uh, or whomever, wherever. And you want to come home for any reason. If for any reason you feel like you're just a little unsettled, please call me and I will pick you up. Yeah. There doesn't need to be any discussion about it. So teaching her to be very open and to honor her feelings, I think has been a beautiful way that I've transitioned my anxiety for her engaging and doing things into 
teaching her how to listen to her to her own self and be true to yeah. her own self and know that her parents always have her back no matter what. Yeah. Well, you know, I actually think you're right on time for the times we're in, but also ahead of your time because our generation, we're similar in age. We didn't grow up with the TikTok and social media. And I think we did, we saw really heavy things later. Um, granted we all have different experiences and whatnot, but as far as like social media and exposure, just like through our phones, like none of that existed. So now I think our younger kids, I can see in these conversations where they would be less resistant in answering your questions or even seeing as concerns. Cause they have seen a lot of this, if not in, in real life online, or they watch Dateline or Orange is a new black or whatever it might be. Like they have this different level of exposure where I think they know the ills of the world way sooner and so they're not probably that put off by a, a you know I'll say a hyper concerned parent because they've seen the realities of the world do you so feel true. like that's that accurate I mean I don't have kids but I've coached her my whole life so I see some of it from a distance I do I I also feel like when we were growing up there was a lot of the what happens in our home stays in our home yeah yes there there has to be this persona of perfection <clears throat> no matter if it is um, just an, an argument that you have with, with a parent or something else that, that is happening. Mm -hmm. There, there was, it wasn't a sense of secrecy, but there was a sense of hyper privacy. Absolutely. That's how we grew up for sure. Keep it in the house. We deal with our problems, that kind of thing for sure. Yes. No matter what it was, financial, mm -hmm. educational, uh, if, if somebody had, was differently abled in learning. All of that was kind of under the umbrella of Shh, we shouldn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. But now the generation that's up and coming now, <laughs> I think it's a very beautiful thing because they do not care. They will be like, yep. look, I cannot go to school today. I have my period. <laughs> I got cramps. Yep. You don't even understand. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm or they'll, they'll take the time and the opportunity to know that they just need a mental health day. Mm -hmm. Where when we were growing up, uh, we it was ingrained in us to work ourselves to the bone and to grind and to hustle. And now there is more of this soft way, of, softer way of living. Mm -hmm that I'm trying to adopt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's well, I mean, sometimes it's a little too soft because guess what? You can go to school with your period. Like that's not a thing. Like, let's go. I've had people call in like, cause you know, we hire a lot of people and it's like, well, I can't cause I have my, it's like, what? Okay. No, now we're going too far to one side. So like there is a balance there, but I'm definitely here for the openness. Like I'll take the unnecessary, you need a day when you cause some of the necessary ones really do matter. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> it's that yin and yang. Well, yeah. so in, you know, while you were working in law in the corporate world, did that, um, I mean, I'm sure equality, diversity and inclusion and representation as a, a woman of color has probably always been a conversation, but being in the legal realm, did you see a lack of representation um, for where you worked and people looked like you? And I mean, not even women of color, just women in general. There was a significantly large group of women that I worked with. As, okay. as I mentioned previously, uh, the district attorney, she actually is a woman. Okay. She still is in that role. However, comma, as far as being marginalized groups other than women, I was it. There was an ongoing yet sad joke that I could never be fired because I was the token. Mm. Okay. So in that was within both offices. I was the wow. only person of a marginalized group. Wow. Okay. In those eight, there was a 
occasionally there was another black woman who worked there. Uh, she only worked there for maybe a few months. Okay. Uh, but other than that, I, I was it. And I had moved very quickly up the ranks. So when I left there, I was actually the office administrator. So I had to go before the board of commissioners. I had to go before the boards and ask for positions. I had to argue our case. I had to create budgets for our office annually and state where those funds were being allocated and why we potentially maybe needed additional funds for one particular section over another. I had to do grants. I had to meet with uh, the people that provided those grants. I had to meet with officers regularly because I also did extradition. So in the body of all of that, I was it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and this that, was 2000, not to interrupt you, but like, uh, like 2000 to like 2015-ish? This, I, so I started in, I left in 2019. Okay. So I started in 2001. Okay. Wow. So yeah. So that, so I, I, I don't know if it's changed in the last four years since I've been gone, um, but there was definitely verbiage and comments in regards to me and my race and what I celebrate and what and what I don't. And it definitely was a type of situation that I would have to eat that experience because there was nobody that looked like me that I could share even in, you know, human resources or there, yeah. there was nobody that I could go to that they would understand without me having to articulate. And even in that in itself is kind of traumatizing that I don't think people really truly understand that if you are a person of a marginalized group, having to tell somebody who is not that marginalized group an experience and having to explain why that doesn't sound offensive but it is yeah that in itself is exhausting so you kind of just in order to continue on with your day push it down and then you push it down again and then you push it down again until the point where you're just so exhausted with pushing it down that you feel like your soul is disappointing yeah your well, your mic's all of the drama of having working in a criminal justice system where Anybody who comes into the office is not having the best day ever, right? <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Um, your mic sounds like it's going in and out a little bit. There we go. Um, yeah, well, I mean, and you pile that experience on with the traumatic material that you're going through on the daily. I mean, that's one thing on top of another. And I think just knowing there's not a voice or a resource or a human that can authentically hear how you feel and then allow you to be feel to feel seen and heard i mean that's literally what hr is supposed to be there for <laughs> like that's yeah. what they're implemented for um i can't even imagine that because you don't i can see how you're just up against a wall and that's there's nowhere really to go do you do you think like the material and like the things you had to see on the daily was more of a deterrent that you wanted to take a step elsewhere or was it more just feeling like you weren't seen and heard in general that wanted made you want to move on to something else I feel, I do have to say, I apologize. My microphone was not plugged in. Oh, because it's that, it sounds so much better now. Yes, because that is what podcasting professionals do. They don't <laughs> plug in their damn microphone. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not even going to edit that just so universe can, like, people can see the real. And it's, hey, even the best of the best, you know, sometimes we, we've got a lot going on in the world, but that's okay. Like, we hear what? you wonderfully now. 
you're an award winner and you don't plug in your microphone. So <laughs> Michael Jordan didn't make every shot. Like it's okay. It's okay out here. <laughs> I was so focused on making sure that my headphones were plugged in I love that it. I didn't make sure that my microphone was plugged in. So I apologize for the poor audio quality. It's going to give me a rash when I re-listen to this. So <laughs> no, and you're, and I saw your emails yesterday today. It's like when you're guesting on podcasts, you can't control. So like literally this is all coming like full circle. I'm just going to let it be graceful. We're going to put it out as it is. So don't don't get a rash off this. But um, I think it's good for our people to see that our pros Literally the best in the business, you know, um, have a lot going on. And sometimes we we miss a step. That's okay. I feel like when we get off this, I am going to take a shot of turmeric and tequila. <laughs> I got you. I know my goal is actually to have guest packages that are coming out before you get there. So you have some branding. Stuff. So we're, we're working on that level. But yes, yeah, yes, I'm with you. I, I'm going to need some of that. I'm going to let me know. Send me the link. Because I, will I got you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's, you know, I mean, really. And on that note, it is like. It's a journey out there. And I love stuff like this because I like it to be real. Coming from marketing and branding, I had no hesitation in starting the podcast because I didn't care how bad it was. I had no experience. If you listen to the first ones, it's brutal, which you know how I speak. It's a lot fast and all these things. And it's real. Like I see all the blurred, ted taped, edited, cut, paste, fake story. Did it. If, if nothing else, you know, you're coming here and you're getting the truth. So if we can get just secure that, that's good enough for me. And I very much appreciate you because when you said, oh, your microphone's going in and out, I was like, oh, that's so weird. Is my microphone on? <laughs> it is on. It's just not plugged in. <laughs> that's a metaphor for life right there. It, it is a true metaphor for my life right now. <laughs> It's on. It's just not plugged in. I'm so I know. I love it. Well, everybody's getting back into school. So I know my parents are listening and they know like they know how it is. There's like a million things up in the air and we're just struggling all these balls. So like, you know what? The mic's on now. We're here. We're good. Okay. So there was a question. <laughs> yes. So I, I did. I'm saying attention. I was just curious. It's so funny because this was like a more of a heavier question, but I was curious of, I mean, was it more of the lack of representation being in the corporate world and not having someone to go to where you were seen and heard, uh, uh, you know, for years, or was it more of like just the daily grind of seeing this really heavy, you know, material and, you know, the ills of the world, or was it just a combination of both? It was just like, that's it. I got to take a leap in a different direction. I feel it was like the collaboration of both. I feel okay. like if one was there to offer solace or if the workload wasn't as intense, the experience of kind of being the only one would have been more adaptable. Mm -hmm. But after so much time, with it just compound, both of them just compounding on each other at the same rate of speed. I feel that that was at, I was at the point of a very overwhelming mental headspace that I could, I am a very resilient person. I can bounce back. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I was going to have to make lifestyle changes when I couldn't bounce back any longer, okay. when I couldn't rely on my resiliency. Interesting. So then I had to have a talk with myself of, do I want to have another employment experience where I'm under somebody? And because where I, where I was working was a predominantly Caucasian area. Mm -hmm. And in, in the line of work that I did. So did I want to continue down this trajectory or did I want to 
transition and do something that made me fulfilled, but didn't have the quote unquote security of what I had been used to. Mm-hmm. So I chose uh, the path of more resistance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. And created my own wisdom. There you go. And and podcasting it is in particular, like entrepreneurship is so hard in general. People think it's like you do what you want when you want. And it's like, no, no, no. You're doing everything all the times, whether you want to or not do it. So it's it's so different than how it seems. And it's so rewarding on the fl- on the backside. But it's in specifically in podcasting where this is still like a wild animal. Like we still don't know the, the you know, the rules. It's the wild west. Like there's constantly evolving. Like it's it's a thing and it's so beautiful that it's so unhandcuffed. I mean, it's so funny that like you didn't talk and now you're on like the last platform that's so free, which is such a wonderful thing. And you can do all the talking, um, but it's still evolving. Like it's a pretty like up in the air situation in itself. It is. Podcasting is about 22 years old, which people, a lot of people don't realize. <laughs> and ironically enough, I had gotten to podcasting in 2019. So when podcasting exploded in 2020, the change and the transitions from yeah. 2019 till now, it still boggles my mind because so much has happened in that short amount of time. So I feel like that I'm like an OG because I'm like, I yeah. remember in 2019 like, <laughs> when this was the way. <laughs> right, right. Well, even 22. Have you been around a 22 year old? That's not that old. So 22 years is not that long. Not at all. Not at all. And, you know, when 22 year olds speak, sometimes they're just spitting logic and gems. And then other times there's just pure tomfoolery just echoing out of their mouths. And you're like, how do you even hear yourself speak? So <laughs> it's okay. 22 year olds, you got time. Like, just let it all marinate. It's all going to come full circle. Don't worry. Yes. Yeah, so that's essentially what podcasting is. But that's why also why I love podcasting, because they're, they're such a low barrier of entry mm-hmm. that anybody can come and share their story and you never know if your story is going to resonate with somebody and then it's going to change their life and then they're in turn going to change somebody else's life so the trickling and domino effect of the ability to help people in podcasting is like my favorite thing yeah in the world it's magic okay so you're leaving corporate world and one of your friends happened to be like listen to this podcast, lean in, and then you became a fan. Like, did you immediately know, like, this is what I want to transition to? Like, do you think it just came to you? I mean, you sound like you were pretty connected with yourself in general, which I want to ask questions about that. But like, what was it the light that's like podcasting's it? Or, Let's go. It was when I started listening to podcasters that looked and sounded like me and they were sharing their entrepreneurship experience. That's gotcha. when I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. That's I want to I want people who are sitting in this cubicle doing payroll to hear what they're sharing, if they have any inkling or desire to do something on their own. Because I don't have anybody in my immediate immediate family or immediate friends who have done this entrepreneurship experience. I Oh, okay. Yeah. It was so, I, so it was just such a leap because I didn't have people that I could draw their strength from or learning lessons even from. But I had the people in my ear canal showing me the way. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to do <laughs> in my ear canal. Yeah, literally, like through the <laughs> headphones. Um, well, I mean, it's, it is. It's funny how like things just kind of come. But it's interesting that you chose podcasting because it was in such like, I mean, it still is in such developing space. But even then, it's even, I mean, it's 
like even more raw than it is right now. Like there was, it was even more, I want to say insecure because it wasn't really super understood even four years ago, the way it is now. So that's a, which is actually an awesome time to get in because you can blaze so much trail because you are like one of the early adopters. So it's, but it's very much of like a risky and yet rewarding move. Did you feel that pressure immediately? I didn't, but now that I, okay. now I do, Kristen, damn. <laughs> <laughs> more tequila. I'm sending you more tequila right now. Yeah. <laughs> It's, uh, I think that's good though. I think you just got to jump in stuff, not have, you know, analysis, uh, or paralysis by analysis and just overthink it. Like sometimes I think you do just got to follow your heart and lean in. Cause if you feel pulled, like sometimes that's enough. My focus and my concentration when I started this business was a to learn and understand how to implement business and how to take all of my transferable skills from all of those years of corporate into my business. Yes. And then my other, uh, concentration was getting clients because (laughs) mama had bills. Yeah. So so I I think at the very beginning, I didn't have time to sit and ponder about this huge transition that I was making in my life. Because I was like, I have to learn all these things. I have to learn how to create a business that's profitable. I also had to learn the tangible things that come with podcasting. I had to learn how to edit what (laughs) SEO, all the audio, what search engine optimization means, what, what it means to create a title for a podcast, why cover art should be this way and not that way. So I had to learn all of these particulars in addition to how to create a business in addition to how to get clients. So so there wasn't really time. And then I had to, you know, go to sleep and, cook dinner and clean my house and feed my kids and feed my family. Yeah. (laughs) So there wasn't kind of like this lull time moment where I had to really recognize, holy shit, this is, this is happening. This is, I'm doing it. I feel like now that people have coined me a thought leader in podcasting and I've won awards or been a part of podcasts that won of awards or I'm judging podcasts now, I feel like it's more pressure, truly. Sure, sure. Because when people don't know you, they have no expectations of you. (laughs) Right, yeah. It's when you have all of these titles in your scene that people, if you fall off in any way, i.e. don't plug your microphone in, they're in there. The human side's always the great side. I know. I know we're, we're perfectionists at heart, and, and some, but like the human side's always the, the right side, but carry on. Yeah, that that there is this pressure to always be that person that they envision you being. And that humanity, as you said, the human side is kind of removed a little bit because you are now seen as the professional or the leader and people are following your direction. Yeah. So you have to really tune into what success means to you mm-hmm. because it can be very fleeting. You can be on the top one minute and the next minute you can be down and down in the trenches. And it's you have to ask yourself, did I show up today how I wanted to show up? Okay, then I was successful. Did I did everything that I needed to do in my business? Okay, then I was successful. It's so funny because I just started asking. I've, we're focusing on um, Colorado humans and entrepreneurs. And my end question, which I'll ask you at the end, but you you just read my read my mind. Um, I asked what people six what what success is to you. Don't answer that yet, uh, because I do. I want our young people, all people though, because you know at forty two, I'm still figuring it out. Uh, that we 
you you shoot for you know the goalpost or the inline while you're young and then as you get older it changes and you see once you start to meet these mile markers that a lot of the stuff you thought mattered the money the wealth the paying the bills whatever you got to do all those things and at the end of the day that's probably not really what matters at what success actually is. So I always want our young people to hear like, yes, have these mile markers and these goals and keep the, keep the human side, keep the um, people around you, the relationships, like taking care of yourself, all that stuff at the forefront. And I think the more they hear to hear from our community leaders, the better and unsolicited consultation. I think the human side and showing that is really important because I don't, yes, our generation, we will always probably have that idea of perfection, mostly from ourselves and our own story, but our young people, they are used to, you know, TikToks and the, the reels that are impa- imperfect and they like to know what's real and they don't need to know that like their leaders are perfect i think they want to see that relatable piece um and i think intuitively we know that but we want to do it perfect because that's how we were growing up and you know <laughs> if it's got to fit in that box <laughs> um, very much what do you think was your well let's actually talk about this you sound like you were very self-aware you know in the court position and probably as a young human what was it that kept you so grounded and having like this really grounded viewpoint of yourself of checking in with yourself was it faith is it family is it like how did you get those life skills i adore my mother i talk to my mother all the time she is a superhero in my eyes because i still don't know how she accomplished all the things that she accomplished every day my dad was amazing and also he was like an old school dad that just showed up at the dinner table and ate and he like yep. watched television and just <laughs> hung out while she did the majority of the disciplining and making sure that we had our clothes cleaned and homework done and food on the table and all of those things so she really showed me the importance of working hard and my father worked hard as well i I, but i just uh, observed her in in the everyday and i and i'm just in awe of her um so i think that that was always instilled in me because of my family dynamic but also uh my husband is my biggest champion we've known each other since we were in eighth grade oh wow so we grew up together so he knows like all my business so whenever i try to <laughs> act a whole fool he's like yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. what's happening here <laughs> <laughs> unpack it unpack it yeah like go work on that yeah, yeah, yeah and you know my my team members i never say that i do all of this myself i have a phenomenal team. They've been with me for years. And I know that I am not infallible. So when when I mess up, I'm not even going to say if because I do. Yeah. When I mess up, I rely on them to reflect back to me how that was so that I can course correct. Mm-hmm. So being open to criticism being open to learning, knowing that I go through the stages of learning where the experience happens, I cry, I get mad, and then I can hear it, (laughs) and then I can implement the change. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know what my stages are. (laughs) There you go. That's important, though. People need to hear that. They need to understand you can do all those things, and it's okay. Mm -hmm. You can cry, and you can get angry, and you can even talk out of turn Mm 
But then you have to immediately go back and say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I was in my headspace. I didn't, I, I, I didn't speak to you correctly. And I didn't speak with, to you with respect. You have to own your shit. Mm-hmm. And if you can have people that reflect back to you with love that has your greatest intention because you have their, their you have their greatest intention as well that's going to make navigating through this world so much better don't have yes men mm-hmm. because yes men aren't going to serve you and when they get a better offer they're going to leave you absolutely yeah when you're not going to get that real feedback as we get older i think it's harder and harder because we can build our world around us. It's comfortable. People that do the same things that like the same things, even if they look a little bit different or they seem a little different nine times out of 10, it's probably very similar to you are in some capacity. So you've got to step out of those bounds and feel that uh, uncomfortable feeling. And then like that review, like Mm -hmm. being an entrepreneur, you'll get reviews online or whatever. Like it's, it is a harsh world, but it's not like you have like a peer review or a boss review like you do in a corporate world. It's still a little different. So I I try and consciously as a, you know, an entrepreneur for over 25 years now, check back in. And, you know, we had talked, I'm like, what do you think about turmeric and tea as a podcast professional? And you're like, you know, you talk faster for people with neurodiversities. It's a lot to keep up. And I was like, okay. I'm like, God, it's hard to hear. I'm like, cause it's not even just about my product. My product is me as a human. So you have to have this filter of like, damn, that stings. And thank you so much for telling me because these are things I would never pick up or or like in my world. I do actually have people around me with like neurodiverse kids and all these things. So it's a constantly, it's a growing conversation, but I would never know this feedback if I didn't hear it from people that had that experience or had that viewpoint and being open to hearing it. So as we get older, it's harder. It's hard to hear that feedback, especially when your business is you and it's your voice quite literally. Um, so I think you represent a very humble, like a strong leader. And I, you can obviously tell you hold yourself to a very high expectation. With that, there's always a humility of stepping back and saying, what do you think and how can I be better? Do you think you've gotten better with that over the years? It sounds like you were always kind of good at that. But do you think that skill set's gotten stronger as you've gotten older? Oh, yes. It has gotten stronger in <clears throat> being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. It, and yeah. it had to be because yeah. if you don't have humility, if you don't have the ability to hear people and for them to share their genius with you when it's not your genius, yeah, you're so, and, and I love that you have been an entrepreneur for so long because so many people aren't able to wade these waters. Because a monsoon comes and yeah. a monsoon will come. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You got to have that real secure base, man. And it's tested every day. It really is tested every single day. You have to be cemented to your ground in mm-hmm. order to survive sometimes. Yeah. And you just have to keep going back to why did you make this decision? Why did you do this? Why did you want to become an entrepreneur? Why did you? Because you can go to work anywhere and have somebody pay you. <laughs> why did you choose this lane because this lane is like the bullet train and fast (laughs) yeah and no and no guardrails there's no safety net there's no nothing there's no nothing it's just it's just you and what you want to put out there and share um so the fact that you've been doing this for more than two decades all the snaps (laughs) to you because damn thank you it's it's a windy road man it is it is but I, I have strengthened 
these muscles and knowing who I am and how I react to things and how, and truly who I like to engage with and who's, who's kind of like my learning lesson person versus who I just don't vibe with, because that's very, that's very different. Mm -hmm. This experience has made me really tap into myself and, and what I want and how I want it and how I want to get it. So if you want to learn anything about yourself, I'm telling you, become an entrepreneur because things will start creeping up that you didn't even know was a thing. Yeah. Well, and you, some stuff you just don't know to your older. Like I didn't, I kind of, I mean, thank God I was an athlete because that was always my boundaries and bumpers and guiding point of like accountability. Cause in sports, you either win or you lose. It's, it's kind of cut and dry and you got to constantly get up and, and, and getting knocked down and being told that you're not good or you're not, you're not good enough. At, you can't play like you're on JV versus varsity. That's all part of it. And that's very normal uh, a normalized process as athletes that you get. And then when you get out, it's kind of like when I started and I mean, I literally became an entrepreneur because I, I had a coach. I was a top 20 D one athlete. And I was like, enough of this boss situation, whatever it is. I've always done my own thing. I've, you know, I'm the oldest of four, three younger brothers. Like I'm used to kind of being in a man's world, like whatever we're, we're, we're universe has prepared me for this step. There is no other way. And every time I've tried to segue or had opportunities come to me that were really nice corporate wise, it never lasted long because I was so out of alignment with what my gifts were. And it mm. took me those times to come in and out, have that cushion of the corporate world, but then be like, oh my God, I'm suffocated because I can't do what I do the way I do it. So it's, it kind of always bounced back. I like that you said genius. Like, do you feel more of your authentic self and what you're supposed to be doing? I mean, you can see it when you're on the mic and the way you, you know, you light up even right now, like, you know, you're in alignment, but do you know you're in alignment? Like, do you know you're on path right now? Yes. I love yeah. my business. <laughs> I love my clients. I love my team members, even on the hardest of hardest of hardest days. There's nowhere else I would rather be. Yeah. And that's kind of how, you know. Yep. Yes. That's it, that little fulfillment piece that keeps you in it right there. Yes. Yes. It's, it's the only thing that keeps me in it sometimes. <laughs> and the tequila, but yes, yes. And the tequila and the turmeric. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. But the thing is when there's no one out there and there's no parachute, when you do have success, you a hundred percent feel that gratification of knowing I did this. I built something from absolutely nothing. Granted, there's teammates around you. And granted, it's, it's never one person doing everything. But really, it's you leading this ship to an untraveled path. Then knowing that if this works, this is all the glory. You did all of this. Yes. And I, and I tell my team members all the time, when we get to a pinnacle of financial success that I want us to get to, they are on this yacht with me. Yeah. They're because they are a part of it. They have manned everything in order to seal us into this direction. So it truly has, this experience has shown me that in addition to who I am, it, show, it has shown me how much I value others mm -hmm. and how I know me and I know my strengths and uh, I sure shit know my weaknesses. Hey, yeah, that's good though. That's living. <laughs> and I hire people that have the strengths in my weaknesses. There you go. And that's how you set yourself up for success. Whether you end up seven figures or whether you end up just paying your heating bill. Yeah. That that's how you do it. Amen.
And people got to remember too, it's not just about the end game. These are humans and relationships you're building on the daily. You can't forget about what you're doing every day. And if you're miserable every day, if you're seeing the ills of the world every day, I don't care who you are. Like, God bless. We have, we have to have people that do those jobs. And if you're fortunate enough to have a job where you're around people that genuinely inspire you, keep you accountable, keep you on your toes, make you better, support you when you're down. If you get to live those days, you're doing something right. And I sometimes you have to go through the hard to appreciate the good. But I, I feel like a lot of people forget ju just aiming for that inline when it's like, wait, you got to worry about the daily. Like, what are you, who are you around and what are you doing on the daily? So if you can speak about your team the way you do, you're doing something right. It, it brings you to a different place energetically. Mm -hmm. And again, oh, sure. it, it is that ripple effect. If if you are happier with who you're engaging with on a daily basis, you're going to be nicer to your family. You're not mm -hmm. going to be so quick to snap. You're going to be nicer to the barista. You're going to be more understanding when somebody cuts you off. If you're always living on that brink of anxiety and tense and at the edge of your seat, one small slight that you envision is happening to you can make you pop off. Yeah. And then that person's having a terrible day and then they're taking it out on their family. So if you can, if you have the fortitude, even if you're at a job that is just stuck in your soul, trying to find some, until you can get out of it, some kind of enjoyment, either in somebody that you work with or some of the work that you do, something that's going to make you smile or mm -hmm. shoot, pop in your headphones and listen to a podcast. Yep. <laughs> yeah. If that is going to get you there. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody needs to know what you're listening to. You I, I used to have my boss come over and she'd be like, oh, are you doing transcription? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't doing transcription. I was doing a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do what you got to do. You know, you don't do what you got to do. Yeah. Well, so perfect segue. Tell us about crackers in soup. I think, again, the human, the journey is always the, the gold that we mind on mine on turmeric and tequila and that, that we bring through. Because in the day they say, you know, what's turmeric and tequila about? Work, work hard, play hard, balance. Really, it's about mental health, about finding what you authentically need to be doing, get in alignment. And then because if you don't have your mental health, you really don't have anything. And like you said, everything is energy. So that energy impacts it. But tell us tell us directly about the business, because this is a thriving hot situation. So crackers and soup, we are a, an award winning podcast production company. And we help all women of color, but mostly marginalized groups, uh, find their stories and share it via podcast. And their stories can run the gamut from people who are looking to enhance their business through podcasting or narrative style storytelling. I have one client who is has her memoir coming out at the end of the year. And her podcast is writing narratives to support her memoir. And she goes into more depth in her memoir. So now she already has a legion of people who listen to her podcast, who love her podcast, that are more likely, in essence, purchase her memoir. I also have clients who are looking to enhance their business and they don't want to do all of the things pertaining to marketing. So they're just taking their one episode, they're talking about their content, and then they're repurposing it 15 different ways so that they don't have to keep recreating content over and over and over again. So I absolutely love my clients. I love their journey. I learn something every time I listen to their podcast. One of my clients, one of my clients, their co-hosts, and they talk about spirituality and each episode, they talk about a particular tarot card. Okay. Love it. 
it it is so one episode i was editing and i was like sobbing my eyes out and i was like <laughs> what was your intention with this episode like? i love it <laughs> i'm a hot mess was it to make me cry because yo did it so yeah. <laughs> so i learned so much from them i would say i learned more from them than they learned from me because i can give you the the tactical but the emotional I'm like, thank you for paying me to learn from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I th but, but everything's energy. So I think when you're clear and you're dialing in your alignment, the right things are coming in and it all it all works, you know, harmoniously if you're on path. So you're providing a service, they're providing a service. I guarantee you they're learning from you and they're absorbing your positive energy. So it's all it's a mutually beneficial situation. So when you when everyone's on path, everyone's everybody's winning, however it shakes out for sure. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And like when we hopped on our call, just our coffee and chat, I immediately listen and I'm like, and I tune in and I'm like, okay, here's what you're doing. Amazing. Here's what you yeah. can tweak a little. Like it is just so I, I can't turn it off. <laughs> That's good though. When you're, when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, I don't think you have to turn it off. You can't like, cause I get sometimes at night I can't shut it off. Cause I'm so hype about whatever the project is. Like it's hard. Cause you're just excited that you got to like mute the monologue at some point, but if you're in it and you don't need to turn it off, you don't, don't turn it off. Like that's yeah. okay. <laughs> so that's, so that's what we do at crackers and soup. We also, uh, so we do launches, we do podcast management. We, uh, do consultations, which is my absolute favorite. And I also started helping podcast service providers and coaching because I want service providers to be able to thrive in this industry in the background as well as podcast hosts. I love it. Well, it's a growing industry every year. You know, I keep my finger on the pulse of what's next on the business side. You know, advertising is going up in it, whatever. It's it's all getting bigger. Do you have you seen in the past four years, not only things grow, but things really thrive? And do you think it'll continue on that trajectory? Absolutely. And also, I feel as though podcasting has slowed down because okay. everybody's getting back to work yeah. people aren't don't have as much time at home as as they did but i feel that the podcasts that do make it have consistency in their favor yes they have a plan they have an idea of who their audience is essentially it's their brand who they're talking to, what is their tone? What is the voice? How is how are they going to convey the message so that the audience gets the most from it? So when you have all of those things lined up and you're going into your podcast and you're on whether you're on episode five or episode 105, those are the things that's going to continue with your podcast. Tone like hitting into your why. Why are you creating this? Why are you doing this? And I don't think a lot of people when they first started their podcast in 2020, because they were home, had thought of any of this, right? They were like, right. Oh, we're free. We can, we're home now. We can re hit record and we got this. And we're drunk. And let's do it. Yeah. Let's do this. And as soon as life starts life in, they're like, well, we're just going to leave that by the wayside. That was cool for a hot second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what well, I so long time CrossFitter. I think we saw the same thing with CrossFit and funny, like lacrosse too. Also, these are all kind of like these cult like following situations I somehow find myself in, you know, repeatedly. <laughs> and it's there's this big wave, it's a boom, it's take off COVID podcasting's huge, and CrossFit's big. And then you see this all these gyms, and then they start to close and wind down. But the cream of the crop rise and the consistent yes. ones, the business, the true business humans, the true passionate ones stay in it. So I just feel like maybe if the quantity went down, the quality went up. 
and will continue to go. Do you feel like that's kind of what your experience has been too? Absolutely. And I love that analogy. It is so true that when something is a trend, everybody kind of just rallies on it. And yeah. as soon as that trend starts to going out of fashion or it gets a little harder than you anticipated, it's like, mm, okay, I'm just kidding. That was cool. But yeah. yes, I feel like the cream of the crop are, are rising. And that makes me a little nervous because they are getting noticed and they're getting seen. And I don't want big conglomerates to come in yeah. and say, okay, we're going to pluck you from obscurity. And now we're going to make you rich and famous. And and then have independent, selfishly independent production companies uh, left to the side because they're snatching up all of these really independent podcasts and making them under, putting them under their umbrella. Yeah. That's why I want everybody to start their podcast now while the barrier is still low. Yep. So it doesn't cost a lot to get in. I don't want it to be like the other media. I don't want it to be like television. I don't want it to be like radio. I want it to be accessible to anybody who wants to share their story and share their voice. Amen. It really is a beautiful thing. It's like the last unhandcuffed space for like knock on wood. We'll see. We have no idea where it's going to go. No idea what's going to, but I do think we see with this resistance with, you know, like the Joe Rogan, some of these guys going under these bigger umbrellas and some of these implosions mm -hmm. and like the experience not being as good. And like, it's, it's broadcast here and not here. And then it's edited. And it's not, like, you start to see that come in. And I think, you know, us, you know, wild humans that like the freedom of it, uh, I think our listeners, our young humans, our conscious consumers see all that stuff and they'll be like, no, thank you. So it'll yes. be interesting to see how it plays out and how this consumer really does have more control than we ever had before. Um, and us as entrepreneurs have control. So it'll be, it's crazy to see, but it's also wonderful to see and fascinating to see um, podcasts like ours, companies like yours thriving in this really independent space. And it's not an easy place to be. But it's working. It's still working. It's where it's growing and it's working. Um, and I think it will continue to do so. But it, it's it would be exciting to see how kind of it plays out. Do you are you are you genuinely optimistic? I yes, I I love what yeah. I'm seeing because as many companies that can pluck podcasts out of obscurity, there are that many independent podcast production companies who are mm -hmm. helping one podcaster at a time get the things that they need and, and i love to see it and i love people sharing and just volleying off of each other and making connections and having like the there is no unity like podcasting unity i don't yeah. know in other industries i have friends in other industries and they're like this person was talking smack about this person i don't see any of that in podcasting no. No. which i'm like go us because yeah. we are so supportive at least the independent podcasters are so supportive of one another that if like my client roster is full, like I'm like, hey, this person is great. I'm afraid of this and this and this and this. So I'm just hoping that 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 stays the same. But I just want everybody to continue to grow and just thrive and for big companies to realize the importance of ad spend for podcasting. Yes, that's something I've had to learn the hard way. You got to have some, you got to spend to get it out there, which honestly kind of annoys me. Cause I think if you're, if you're doing good, you're intentional and you're out there and it, like, it should catch on vibe attracts the tribe, the whole thing. The reality is you do have to spend and like this discoverability and the exposure, like you do have to do the dance. And as much as it annoys me, it is a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. But, and companies should really look at the importance of podcasting. And it drives me crazy that their marketing doesn't create a budget line just for podcasting right right like yeah like you're missing out on such you're leaving money on the table what are you doing so if any company i don't care if you're big or small medium large huge 
put a budget line in your marketing to spend some money for podcast ads. There you go. What do you use to show traction? Do you use Chartable or what is, what are your, how do you show um, the ROI essentially? So I love Lipson. Lipson gives amazing stats. I also like Chartable, um, but Lipson is my jam. Okay. That's who I, yeah. that's my host. So yeah. I'll I make them Lipson. pay for a shout out on this. <laughs> They're my favorites. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I love it. Well, there's so much of the business we can get into. I do want to be mindful of our time. Um, but I think the long and short is lean into podcasting. But more importantly, find the humans like Bethany that bleed what they're do. That they, they, they've chosen the hard path. Um, but vulnerable, open, um, showing all the sides. I think these are really key pieces to success because you have to have all that to, to not to deny that these things are going on, I think really deters um, the experience and the success of the long term. So I think you got to, you know, embrace all the breakdowns to have the breakthrough. So I really appreciate that you do show the sides, even though I know we're of similar generations. So we're, that's not our natural space. Um, but it's it's someone to be championed. And obviously, you've got the awards and the accolades and the energy to show that you are successful. But what now we'll go to this question. What is success to you at this point in your life? Success is, for my company, success is my clients leaving with a better podcast than they either envisioned or they started us off with. That is for my business. And for me personally, success is surrounding myself with authentically fabulous people and having those foldable dollar bills because it is that's not that's what's up bad to yeah. want money so <laughs> don't listen to people when they're like oh my god you're a bad person to want that no, no. get get your bag baby yes. get your bag <laughs> yeah yeah i tell people i'm like go into like go have an experience like go to gucci go to nordstrom go do something like even if it's like you know budget it but like two three hundred five hundred dollars buy something really nice and experience it like yes. really experience it and then find a way to create that a habit. Keep your groundedness, keep all the important stuff. But if you stay in that mindset and you feel that that success of you rewarding yourself or something really nice, it, you don't forget it. It doesn't go and away. And get people around you that's going to join in the success of that experience. Yes. Don't have killjoys around you. Have you people go. that are going to be like, like yes. <laughs> or like go to a really nice restaurant and be like, yeah. oh, this is so fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> Feel it out. I love it. Um, So hit us with where we can find you, any events you're speaking at or things coming up. Share whatever you want to share. So you can find me on the website at crackersinsoup.com. Uh, and that's C-R-A-C-K-E-R-S-I-N-S-O-U-P.com. I am on IG. Look, my handles are all different. It's before I had my graphic designer. So I'm on IG. I think that's B Crackers in Soup. Twitter, I'm like crackers underscore in underscore soup. I'm a hot mess when it comes to handles, but that's okay. We'll you can just find all. me. Yeah. <laughs> just, um, because I'm I'm Googleable. Like I'm Googleable. <laughs> so if you just if you just Google Crackers and Soup or Bethany Hawkins, I should hop up. If you see like a light-skinned black woman with a lot of hair, that's me. If you see a white girl with blonde, if you see Kristen, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> it's you on turmeric and tequila. <laughs> yes, yes, that's turmeric and tequila. <laughs> and I am doing a talk in a couple of weeks to business women and how podcasts can enhance their business in live in Massachusetts. Um, and what am I also, currently I am judging an award show. Uh, cool. So yeah, so and then I believe I'm speaking for um 
the podcast people soon, something like that. I, I'm wrong on that. It's, it's podcast something. I'm speaking somewhere. So. <laughs> that's how busy, that's how it goes. That's, we just got to get our kid to school the next day and then we'll, everything else will fall on the way. I just got to get my kid to school tomorrow. Like that, that is like my 24 hour goal. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I can't think um, beyond that. <laughs> I mean, those are the priorities. I do. I, I curious question. Why crackers and soup? So when I was trying to come up with a name for this business that I had no idea of the jargon in podcasting, but I knew that I wanted to go into podcasting and I didn't want to name it Bethany Hawkins because the so. <laughs> <laughs> I one day my daughter was eating soup and she was like, Mama, can I have crackers? She was going through a soup phase. And I was like, Tell, you ate all the crackers. Like, we ain't got no crackers. And she was like, But Mama, crackers makes it better. And I'm like, Aha. So essentially, our clients, their idea or their podcast itself is the soup. And we are the crackers that come in and make it better. I love it. Look at look at this kid already showing up, just providing all the branding and the intel. I love this. That's amazing. Uh, well, a million more questions, but I'll let you jam. If you've got a podcast, if you want to start a podcast, um, anything podcasting, hit up your girl, Bethany. Go check out her, her social media is beautiful. She does a good job on LinkedIn as well. Uh, and she's she's at a bunch of events. So PodFest or Podcast Movement or so one of these I'm sure you'll be at soon. Go check out what she's got going on. Bethany, I love your energy. I will definitely work together at some point. So it's only a matter of time. But thank you for coming on turmeric and tequila thank you so much for inviting me on i am so sad that the first 30 minutes is shat audio but i am so happy that we rallied for the last 35 <laughs> you know what i love it i honestly it, things happen for a reason and i know it's gonna like make your soul cringe when you hear it back but it's like so we're just gonna cringe. embrace it it's gonna be okay i'm gonna be like Kristen, give me the audio give me the audio i know, I know you are i know you are but i'm not gonna do it i'm telling that's gonna be a boundary on my end but i will i will gracefully let you be frustrated with it and then we'll work on all the other stuff that we discussed that on my end that i'll work on we'll, we'll save that for another day <laughs> i will pop in a benadryl so i don't get an immediate rash right before Good. i listen to it <laughs> the human side of it is we're here it happened for a reason so we're leaning in thank you thank you for for your sweetness <laughs> and my in my nightmare thank you for your sweetness. i know <laughs> it's okay we're, we're all we're all learning to be graceful out here so i appreciate you and we'll have to do this again sometime soon Absolutely. thank you Kristen. thank you Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.